Welcome to 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast. I would say we're the only Mavericks podcast still in the American Airlines Center, but I don't even know if that's true. I'm trying to look down at Media Row down there. Do you see any other podcasters? I don't. I see them taking down the floor okay. as, we're, as we're speaking. So I, see, gonna... I see one person with a ring light set up, and I see some TV people. There's still media members doing recordings and things like that. Screw so. it, man. I'm giving it to us. We're the only Mavs podcast in the building recording right now. Hell yeah. I'm Tim Cato. Uh, it's 11.18 p.m. after Game 2, a just a remarkable Mavericks win. And we've got Mike Pellucci, who was here in person, I just am. sitting right next to me. Just finished writing uh, my piece of the two-man column that Talk Franco and I are doing for D Magazine. Uh I, Tim, I'm just going to put this out there. True or false, this is the most important Mavericks game in the American Airlines Center since Vince Carter's shot in 2014. I mean, is it more important than even that? I mean, it like, did be. they have a chance to, to do anything that year in a way that differed? Well, I mean, yeah, in the sense that they took what became the eventual champions closer to their limit than any other team. And that team decimated Miami in the finals and is one of the okay, better, that's fair. better champions in the last... You. I don't know, 15-ish years. So I have a I have a theory that if they re-sign Tyson Chandler, he's signed through that season, and that season they might have been Dark Horse title contenders. I wrote about that once. Anyway, I, I think I edited that story. Yeah, I think you did. I did. Let's not focus on that. We, we didn't talk whatsoever what we're going to talk about. This, ga- this game, this win, was wild and historic and set records right and left and also not really that unexpected. By the time Maxi Kleba started hitting threes, it just seemed strategically that Utah had very few answers. Um, you know, like we can we can walk through the various stages of the game. I thought the first half, what was really interesting was the way Jalen Brunson was hunting three pointers and he was doing it out of the drop coverage. I thought that was a really smart adjustment. Um, that they were, you know, when they actively pulled Rudy Gobert into picks, they would do it. So Rudy, you know, so so Jalen, who's you know, who's manipulating a screen with Dwight Powell, who's a very good screener. He might have to go over it once or twice or three times. Eventually, that defender is going to get caught on the screen enough that Jalen can just step into it. And how many times have we said Jalen needs to take more threes? Yeah, I mean, he was aggressive in a way. He was aggressive in the exact way he needed to be, which is he knew if he didn't step up and win this game. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie was the only player who really could, and Spencer was hot and cold and mostly cold in this one. He, Jalen went out there, he hunted those threes. When the game was waning late, it was just a lot of slash and kick over and over, and daring Utah to do something about it, and they couldn't because nobody could stay in front of him. Uh, it was, this will go down as the Jalen and Maxi show, but I don't think Maxi does what he does. I don't think this team wins this game, not just with Jalen's points, but with Jalen very much setting a tone, right? You hear that stuff and you say, well, what does that mean? It's Jalen Brunson walking out and dropping 18 in the first quarter. At one point, it was Jalen Brunson 15, Utah Jazz 11. This was Jalen Brunson's show. And after the game, you know, the, the team talks about in the big picture of buying Luka Doncic time. This game did that. But really in this game, it felt like Jalen Brunson bought the Mavericks time because so many of this you have so many players he bought himself something well he a salary yeah he brought he bought himself a huge (laughs) you know he put a down payment on whatever mansion he wants to buy in the United States after this game because he's getting the bag but he very much this supporting cast did not come alive until late in the third quarter really in a lot of ways into the fourth again 
Okay, so I want to talk about the defense here in a second. The defense was was once again just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you talk about the driving kick. The driving kick is allowed thanks to Maxi, right? Yes. It's it's once Maxi starts hitting the shots, Rudy Gobert has to actually step and a good. For that. Yeah, he has to step a good two steps further on him. Yeah. Once Rudy does that, when uh, Jalen Brunson mostly when Spencer are beating their man off the dribble. Uh, and they were hunting Donovan. They were actively Absolutely. like they were Absolutely. pulling him to switches every single possession for most of the fourth quarter. Um, and, and if they weren't doing it, him, it was Clarkson or surprisingly Conley, who still is is an all right defender in some settings, but but he is not aged defensively. He, like he's thirty four and looks thirty four. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I think of players like Kyle Lowry, and I'm like, oh well, you know, or um, or Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. and I just those guys are still elite, elite defenders. And I guess in my head, I assume Mike Conley's the same. He's he's lost something. He's yeah. lost something there in all three of those guards. And it's really hard for the Jazz not to play. I mean, it's impossible. They're they're going to play with Donovan Mitchell, um, but but you got to play with Clarkson and, and Conley most of the time too. And and because the Mavericks are just blowing by them, there's something different about Rudy rotating rotating into the paint rather than just being posted up there. And then the Jazz defenders having to rotate to Maxi. And you know, at this point. All these threes, like for the Mavericks to get 47 threes off is, you know, yeah. it's remarkable. It's crazy. That That is an absurd number to give up. But it, it was a result that, you know, Utah wasn't going to be able to stop. It was that or they give up layups. Right. Yeah. I mean, as you said, the key is Maxi making those shots. If Maxi right. doesn't make this shot, those shots, there wasn't really a plan B. This game, in a lot of ways, um, how do I put this? This wasn't just the Mavericks' best-case scenario. In some ways, this was the only case scenario. I'm going to read off a few stats to you guys right now. Per ESPN Stats and Info, the Mavs made 17 uncontested threes in this game. That is the most by any team in the last 10 postseasons. Maxi Kleba, the first player in NBA history to hit eight three-pointers in a game without attempting a two. Jalen Brunson, the fifth Maverick ever to score 40 in a playoff game. The only Maverick ever to score 40 in a playoff game without zero Without a single turnover. What does that tell you? It tells you two things. One, we watched something spectacular tonight. But two, so much had to go right. This isn't a really replicable strategy. Not all of those pieces will fall into place. So when they go to game three, whether or not Luca's playing, they can go with this small lineup again. And they can win if Maxi's hitting shots. But some something else has to happen too. You need more from Dorian Finney-Smith. You need a little more for Reggie Bullock. You need something from Dwight. You need the exact pieces of this game will not fall together in quite the same way. Maxi Kleba's not making eight threes again and Jalen isn't going for 40 and zero. That seems intuitive, but the amount of uncontested threes they hit, that's the part that stands out to me as you take it, you bank it, you, you, you are grateful for this win because this win saved the series, but you've got to find more wrinkles in game three because they can't replicate this blueprint. Yeah, obviously you're not going to get 41 points no, and, no, no, no. and eight threes again. You know, that's that's not their winning strategy the rest, of, the rest of the series. It does make sense why what happened happened to me. Yeah, and if you want to, you know, as I'm pouring cold water, the counter to this is it's not like the, the Jazz are going to grow capable point-of-attack defenders in the next – Four days. Uh, they're going to play a lot more Daniel House in Game Three. I guarantee you that. I think that's the only move they could try to make. Yeah. Uh, but then when he's on the floor, that doesn't change the fact that offensively, 
Donovan Mitchell went cold for long stretches of this game. This is what Donovan does. Donovan goes hot and then Donovan goes cold. You know, in game one, he was AWOL for the first half. In this game, he was fantastic the first half and didn't do much in the second. And time and again, late in the game, where were they getting their buckets from? And if you, you know, I, I watched this Jazz team and Lord help me. And I've said, I think we've talked about this before, but I, I'll say it again. I mean, Dallas wins the series in six games tops if Luka Doncic is playing. This Jazz team looks like they are buckling. They should not lose a game like this. They should not lose a game like this to Dallas, but they did. And Dallas absolutely should be going into Utah feeling as as confident as you can be whether or not Luka Doncic is playing because they are the tougher team. Jason Kidd talked about this after this game about how this team doesn't quit. That's coach speak, but he's not wrong. This team will not give up, and that Utah team very much looks like they want to give up. It, it is very funny. It was very funny watching the first half and just being like, yeah, Utah's clearly more talented. Right. Um, you know, I don't think that's an indictment of the Mavericks at all. They're missing their best player, you know. At top they're missing three. their best player, and they're yeah. missing Tim Hardaway Jr., who right. absolutely would be a factor in this series. And and, and I, I think it's easy to envision a scenario where the Jazz were up 15 at halftime. I, like, I, thought, that, I thought that this was going to be a game that Dallas ran out of steam. That yeah. was my thinking at the half of this is a – they are fighting as hard as they can. They don't have the pieces right now, and that's not their fault. Yeah, it felt like they had two players going, and one of the players was just a four or five maxi. Like it was, it was the Brunson show, and yeah, yeah. And how and much could Jalen give? And, and 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 also, like, how many how many points? Like, I know the the narrative building into the series is: Will the Jazz pass Rudy Gobert the ball? I, I had some awareness of why. Like this, the, I have watched enough Jazz that what I'm what I saw in Game Two wasn't shocking. But you guys see why they don't. You see why they're hesitant. That is the most awkward man with the ball in his hands. <laughs> his limbs do not move in a way that you're so accustomed to basketball players' limbs moving when the ball is in their hand and they're right near the basket. Like, how many points do they squander doing that? It, it was a, it was at least six. I mean, I thought it was very telling that after they didn't want to try that at all in game one, and after it's not their tendency to try that, that they were looking for any answer. And they said, well, let's try to feed Rudy and see what happens. It, it, it looked it, because here's the thing, I think if this were a, I don't know it, how how much of this is chicken and the egg, how much of this is Rudy can't do it versus Rudy isn't doing it tonight because he's not used to in pressure situations them giving him the ball. He missed dunks. I mean, he okay. missed he missed alley oop dunks. He, I mean, he was missing layups. It, 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 My point he, is, he simple. usually hits those. He he is he he has the best focal percentage in the league. Right. Um, I mean, he 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 scored seventy percent of his two point you know from the field this year. I guess my my point is as somebody as ever since Tim McMahon you know, drop that little nugget about Dallas's very real interest in Rudy Gobert if Utah blows it up. I've thought a lot about what Rudy Gobert would look like with Luka Doncic. I just have to think it would work better than how he is set up in Utah. I don't think this is inherently him, but the good news for the Mavericks is I do think that that ain't changing right now on the fly in this series with that supporting cast. Yeah, so so I guess what I'm saying is is first off, he's he's a gangly, awkward MFer. Um it usually does work. Again, he shoots like 77% from the field or something insane like that. It, it's not. It's 70. It's 71 or, or whatever. They're low centers, but, yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's late. Like, We're it not does, looking at it. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> My point is that it does usually work, and that's why I felt after that first half, Utah should have strongly felt they should have been ahead by more. Um, I'm sure Dallas could have argued about the refs. The rest didn't seem great for uh, for a couple minute stretch. No, I, I didn't catch the replays of every single one of the fouls they were upset about, but but I, I, they definitely missed some. So they missed some, but know. it felt it felt immaterial because it just felt like Dallas was outgunned. 
I, I agree. I agree. It, it, it felt very clearly that if the exact same momentum, the exact same things that were happening in the first half happened in the second half, this was a loss. Like, that, Dallas was not winning. What Maxi did materially changed the game and the way that Utah could play defense. And, and really, that's to me the, the difference. Like, the defense was great throughout. They, they held Utah, I'm looking at the stats right now, to a few fewer points in the, uh, in the second half. But, um, you know, I, I just thought that they really, like, they didn't give up uncontested looks. No. Utah made a lot of contested looks in game two. And that was, that was just a bulk of where their offense was coming from constantly. Yeah. It's funny because we're sitting here and we're, we're assessing this, but it just, I, I keep coming back to just the big picture of just how it just felt. I mean, it's what we do. It's yeah, what we do best. Yeah, it's what, that's what the show's about. Uh, it just, you know, it just felt like a moment that we have had so little of in the last, most of the last decade. It felt meaningful and it felt fun. And it felt like when you're sitting here, you're just going, holy shit, something is happening. Uh, and, you know, it, I, who really knows what Luka Doncic can give? You know, maybe this, if, if nothing else, it opens up some possibilities of, you know, they lose this game. If Luka can't go game three, you're just, you're, he's done the whole series. Now, if you lose, you know, if they, now that they're going into Utah 1-1, you could almost see them saying to themselves, well, maybe, maybe Luka, if he's, a, you know, a 50-50 call for game three, maybe sits out one more and he comes back game four, looking close to full strength, and we just try to go back to Dallas 2-2. Because I do think the longer the series goes, obviously not only does it up the chances of Luka coming through, but I've seen enough through two games and what we know of these teams going into the playoffs and who they are that the longer this goes, the more I trust Dallas. Whatever the talent on the floor is, I just trust that Dallas will have the mentality to stick this out, and I just don't trust this Utah team now. Yeah, yeah. I I, I feel the same way. Utah does not inspire me. Um <laughs> They do not inspire any sort of joy, and I, I don't know what I mean. It feels like there. It feels like there should be a big Donovan Mitchell game coming. It feels like there's got to be one in here. Somewhere. I mean, there was between the second half and the first right. half of yeah, game yeah. one and two. Yeah, I mean, he what, scored 51 points between the two of them. He did, he did, and but so you feel like there's some consistent Donovan performance coming. But at the same time, if you're talking about what should happen with this Utah team, this Utah team should have won both these games comfortably when they're not playing Luka Doncic and they're not playing Tim Hardaway Jr. either. They should, and they haven't. And they escaped game one because Royce O'Neal hit a three for his only points of the game on a second-chance possession. That's what it took for Utah not to be down 0-2 right now. Yeah. Yeah, I like what you said about... You know, just the meaningful focus, the meaning, the meaningful understanding of this game, the the idea that it it is important in ways that I don't know. Like two, I mean, two seasons ago against the Clippers was not a series that Dallas was supposed to win, would have won, even if Chris Stapps hadn't got hurt, which is kind of funny to remember in retrospect. Um, just the just how series, just how uh, impactful that felt. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and, you know what? The thing is, he was playing so on the bubble. I actually he was would, playing I wouldn't great. rule yeah. it out that they would have won. That's but true. but they were playing with house money. That was the first year back in the playoffs. You had the first transcendent Luka playoff game. That felt like progress. Last year did not. And this year, whatever happens in this series, this year, I think to call the season a success, you have to win this series. But 
I think regardless, there's been progress. And that alone is better than last year when everything was so stagnant and the vibes were far from immaculate, right? This team, they're on to something. You know, that's not to say that they're close to winning the title, but they're on to something. They have a coaching staff. They have a front office that, at least since Nico Harrison's taken over, has made some moves that have made this thing materially better. They have some guys who have stepped up and fit well against around Luka Doncic. Right. Um, we could talk, you know, whenever this playoff run ends about what the trajectory of this roster is, but that doesn't matter right now in the here and now. Right now, they gave us a moment that a team has not been able to give us in this city for eight years on a basketball court. And that's special. Yeah. The Mavericks are going to hit almost 50% of 47 three-point attempts in most games going forward. Uh, there are, you know, I have concerns about just the, this incredible defense that's been playing, just wearing down uh, four out of the five starters and really the four players you can yeah. trust, plus Maxi now, uh, played 40 to 45 minutes. Uh, another just ridiculous minute game for Reggie Bullock. That's a concern. Um, you know, I, I think there's adjustments you Utah can make, uh, certain players they can put in the lineup. That's a concern. And Luca's still a concern. You know, I, I, I wouldn't bet that he's back game three. And I still think that it's not guaranteed when he does return or he will be delayed or his return will be delayed so that he can be Luca. Like right. so much of his muscle. All that doesn't matter. Though, like, like none of that matters. Everything lined up in game two for them to win, and that keeps them in the series. That sets them up for Luca's return. If Luca doesn't return, then what does it matter? Like, like, you know, it sucks, but there, it's unavoidable. You aren't going to win this series without him eventually, right? I, I feel strongly about that. I so, if Luca's return gets delayed another two, you know, like two games longer than we thought, then it didn't matter to start with, right? But all they can do right now is keep themselves in the series, set them up, set themselves up for that. And I thought they did that. And they did it in a ways that Utah now has to adjust to. And they're not easy adjustments to make. And that's just an overwhelming success. So I think that's probably where we can end this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's we have we have a series now. And we have a series that we can we can watch and see what happens, but it's if worse comes to worse and there is no Luka Doncic, they lose the series in, in five or six games. If nothing else, you've seen that a lot of the intangibles with this team are already there. It's not, if they lose the series, Luka Doncic doesn't play. It is not the guys on the floor's fault. You cannot expect most of these. They're not being paid or asked to do the things that win you championships. What they are asked to do is go out and fight and play their roles and do what they can do and handle pressure environments. And we've seen that these guys can do that. So again, progress. Whether or not this is success in a week and a half, we don't know yet. But progress, undeniably so. And tonight will be a moment that we'll look back on with this team and say that was special. We'll remember the Jalen Brunson game. We'll remember the Maxi Kleba game. And uh, given how bad things felt going into Saturday with no Luca, I mean, this is this is pretty pretty special to see something like this already. Well, the court which they have been deassembling has gone from about two thirds on the court to what would you say one fifth? If, Less? If, if even that, which means it's yeah. probably time for us to go. Yeah, there's uh, there's two corners available for, for shots right now, and that's about it. So uh, on that note, thanks for listening. We'll be back with another podcast with, with somebody, me and somebody, after game three. And uh, we'll see you then. He plays Fortnite just like me. I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future.
future, the future is Luke, a big dick Donchich from the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you have? Don't fight the future, it tears me apart. Don't fight the future, please be nice to Luca. Future four-time MVP. Oh my God! Oh! Shut it down! Oh, Let's go home! <laughs> it's a wrap, Doug! Man, that is a wrap. <laughs>